Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is the beginning of August and training camp has started. And I don't know if I've ever seen as much camp hype as I have in the past as I as we have this year. Today, I have Silas Jackson with me. We're going to talk about some of these camp reports about people just getting moonshots. Isaiah Pacheco is a first round pick. All of a sudden, we're uh, well, we're going to talk about it. So let's uh, let's get into it. Silas. Hello, hello. We haven't drafted a team together in a while. I know. uh, It's been about six weeks, I think. Uh, It it has been. Since I got engaged. It's been a a very busy summer. Busy, busy summer. So you're getting engaged. Apparently, every NFL team is getting engaged to a ninth-round undrafted rookie tight end that is all of a sudden a first, second-round pick. Um, What's been your takeaways like just real quick from this off from this training camp cycle. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think everybody's doing a little bit of overreaction season. Um, you know, we haven't even gotten into preseason week one. Um, and everybody is already saying that depth charts are completely shaken up. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm doing a main event draft with the ship chasers and uh, Willis and um, Maddie G. Uh, if you know mm-hmm. them, Gramaji. Um, and just kind of talking through like the overreaction seasons and like trying to not get uh, a little bit of hover ahead of ourselves uh, this early uh, is definitely good fun. Well, now we're at the part of the season where everybody is now a Hall of Famer or the worst player that's ever played football in the entire world, right? Like we're not getting the in between reports, we're just getting. You know, we're getting the soundbite clips where it's this guy is the best, this guy is the worst. Um, and we talked about it before the season started about how we have to learn how to sift through that noise, right? Mm-hmm. Like that is a big part of the off season, and uh, nobody's going to have that down to a science, right? But I think there are things you can do to like to to find out what's factual and what's not, like. The one I go back to is Kenneth Gainwell last year. His first or second day of training camp, he was running with the third string team. And people were out on him. They're like, well, he's not running with the start. It's like, he wasn't a first-round pick, guys. They're going to make him work his way into the rotation. He has to He has to prove himself through camp. So I think we're going to see some of that. We see the Chiefs are trying to figure it out with their backfield. Um, so we want to jump into a few of those players before we jump into a puppy draft. And I think the perfect player to start that off with is Romeo, Romeo, yeah. Romeo up in Green Bay, <laughs> which is it's funny. So him and him and Watson are kind of like flip flopping. You know, obviously Dukes is going probably what thir- 36 picks above where he was going before, where he was basically right. going undrafted and Watson's falling to like that 140 range, I believe. Say, yeah. yeah, close to 140s. Um, you know, everybody was dead set on the early pick automatically stepping in and being, uh, you know, his favorite target. Whereas, you know, you actually need to see it, how the chemistry forms. Um, Dubs is obviously somewhat, somewhat talented coming out of college in Nevada. Um, and it's obviously started to, um, 
you know, build that rapport with, with uh, Rogers, which, you know, we've seen in the past is the most important part. You don't need to be the most talented person, but if you have a rapport with Rogers and he trusts you, you know, then you're going to get playing time. Right. And I'm just pulling up um, for the audio listeners. I pulled up our draft IQ tool on spike week where I pulled up Romeo Dubes and where I'm allowed to see, and you would be allowed to see as well. If you subscribe to the spike week tool for $25 a month, get you a draft overlay. It's incredible stuff, but it shows me my average ADP position on him, which is 206.75. And that just shows you that I was drafting him, you know, when he wasn't getting drafted, because I've been drafting him since he's climbed up a bit. His average ADP right now, his average ADP is redundant. His ADP right now is 158.8. So he is shooting up the board right now, um, to your point. Yeah, and, and I mean it makes sense, right? He he's obviously catching passes, and he's included being on that first run or first team. Um, people think he's going to win a spot, which is entirely possible. But then you also have to consider like they drafted Watson for a reason. You know, he might just be getting off to a slow start. We haven't seen any preseason games. Um, you know, things are yeah, things and he's are got the injury as well. Exactly. So th- things are obviously going to change. Um, so, you know, it, it goes back to what I was saying earlier, like right now we're kind of in overreaction season. People are basically trying to use what the news that we have as law, um, you know, just, you know, try and sift through it, and, you know, find some people that you believe in, um, and actually, uh, you know, follow what they're actually saying. GA says, I saw him like 120 something in a puppy draft yesterday. Well, yeah, you're going to see some wild stuff in puppy drafts in general, but I, I don't even consider that super wild if you're trying to get your game stacks and stuff people are going to just take the guys they want and i'm a proponent of that to begin with i you know i'm not saying to go draft the guy 10 rounds i've never said to like draft the 10th rounder in the first round but if that's a guy you want and you're not liking what else is on the board i mean grab them i don't i won't be doing it with romeo dubs myself but i'm not going to knock anyone that's got that kind of conviction in them to go to your point i think we do need to like I think we need to dip our toes in on Romeo dubs, but I'm not going to go overweight on them. I'm at 5% right now. I plan to stay around 5%. This is just my best ball mania team yep. as well. Obviously I can, we could show every single team if we wanted to, of course. Um, but we'll hold off for that. We'll just look at best ball mania just as the, as the baseline for things at the moment. Um, who's another guy that you think is being really affected by the camp news? Uh, definitely Pacheco uh, and Rojo. Uh, so right. Rojo's running with the, the second and third team, kind of mixing in. Um, and then Pacheco, they're given run with the first team. Um, and every beat reporter that actually writes a tweet is saying, like, hey, this is this is real. This is real. Um, so you're getting drafters definitely um, reaching at, at where they think he'd be valuable, um, as we know that uh, the Chiefs offense is elite and valuable for fantasy. Um you know, if he, if he does have a role, you know, he's definitely worth where he's going. Yeah, and we can see that he's been sliding down the board a little bit. Um, I like Ronald Jones just because I think that he probably has a spot on the team. And I'm not really worried if he doesn't because I'm pretty positive Ronald Jones will, will get uh, picked up somewhere. So I, I'm not super scared. I think I, I was listening to Corain and Davis on my ride home from work today, the one thing I will say that they brought up that I didn't think of is if he's a healthy scratch during games. Mm-hmm. That's that's the one scary aspect for him. I'd rather him be cut, obviously, and just you know catch on somewhere else. But I mean, I, I'm still drafting Jones, Pacheco. Let's talk about Pacheco real quick because I live in New England. I live near New Bedford, Massachusetts which has a high Portuguese population. And I have a lot of friends with the same last name, um, except it is pronounced Pacheco by literally everybody else. And all of a sudden it's Pacheco here. Like, I don't, I, I, we need to get some clarification on this because to me it's Pacheco, but I've heard everyone else say Pacheco. We'll say Pacheco. I, I even went and looked at his announcing, the announcing from his college games just to see how they were saying it. So they do say Pacheco, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to grab, I'm grabbing some Pacheco, but I'm not overly drafting the Chiefs backfield 
because I am attacking their passing game so much. Uh, so like I'm grabbing some some CEH like so if we look at Clyde Edwards Hilaire, like right now I have five percent exposure to Clyde Edwards Hilaire, right? Yeah. Which isn't a ton. Rojo, we saw I was around what was I at? Nothing crazy. 13%. Oh, actually 13% higher than I thought. And Pacheco is obviously new. I wasn't drafting him before. I'm at one percent, but that's just because I'll be honest, I wasn't drafting him before the camp reports. So here and there, but then we look at um, McKinnon. Valdez. Oh, yeah, McKinnon. I forgot about him. But, like, my passing game, guys, Valdez, Galen, I have 46%. Yep. McKinnon, I'm at 1%. I just don't believe in Jared McKinnon um, at this point. And then I'm just going through all of our my Kansas City exposure, 16% on Sky Moore. Yep. And then finally, the other one is Juju who I have 19% on. So like I'm heavily investing in that passing game is the point. Yep. So when I'm doing that, I'm laying off the running game just a tad. I'm st- as you see, I'm still drafting them at a small clip, not going to be completely boxed out of them. But for me with Kansas city, if you're going to win with Kansas city chiefs players, it's probably going to be passing game players. Yeah. And I mean, I don't, I don't fault people for taking a chance on Pacheco. Um, you know, obviously he's rotating in just, you know, take it right now with a grain of salt. Like, wait till we see some preseason games. Wait till we get a little bit later. Like, you know, that could be an entirely dead pick. Um, you know, he was a seventh-round pick almost at the end of the draft. Uh, pros- pretty pretty poor prospect grade. Played at Rutgers. Like, didn't really come from uh, anywhere. Um, I mean, I could be I could be totally wrong, right? Um, and you know, if he is that third-down back for the Chiefs and he's catching passes and you know they're they're using him in the goal line, like, well, sure, he's going to be great. Uh, but I think the steam is definitely getting to him. Um, so kind of take it uh, and kind of be a little bit, uh, say, uh, sensitive to it, for lack of better words. Right. All right, let's jump in a puppy draft here. I'm sure this will fill, even though we have the stream, these puppy drafts fill with the quickness. So waiting for one person, and there we are, boom, filled. <laughs> um, recently I've got my badge. I'm very nice. angry about it. Your I'm badge room? It's uh, not your 76th badge? No, it's not my 74th badge. 74th, sir. Um, we picked the one. We get the 106, which is probably going to be bad. But we might get lucky. We might have one of the top five drop to us here. It, it, it's a puppy draft. You know, you could get Derrick Henry in the top three. You, know, you could. could get, you could get Josh Allen in the top top five. Yeah, um, I had Lamar go one-on-one in a draft the other day. So while we're waiting for this to load i just want to go over what i have set up for my overlay as you see it pop up on screen Mm -hmm. um bring it in a little bit so for me i have my total ownership in this particular draft i don't have my total ownership across the slates i have just this particular draft my second percentage is that player drafted with my first quarterback And then my last three are drafted with my first round pick, my second round pick, and my third round pick. So that's how I have my setup for right now. There's different ways to set up your overlay through the Spike Week tool. But for me, I'm really focusing on my combinations of the first three round players. So, And that's why you might see I'm like 20-something deep in the puppy draft. So my exposure numbers might look a bit weird here and there. Um, Have you so one thing that I I actually looked at today. Um, so the flippening is happening between Justin Jefferson uh, and Cooper Cup. Uh, yeah. What what do, you, what do you think about that? How how are you? I mean, obviously you're taking Chase, but no. Well, it, it helps me out because I was still taking Cup. It's a real low percentage that I was taking Cup, and I was kind of more so fading Jefferson. Um, we're on the clock here. All the top five guys go in order. Basically, um, where are you me, at here, Diggs? It'd be either Diggs or Kelsey um, is kind of where I'm starting to differentiate. Let's grab Diggs because I don't have a high percentage. If you look, you'll see that I have 22% Dalvin Cook in this tournament. Um, of my 28 picks, I've picked around the 9, 10, 11, 12 spot, probably uh, 85% of them. So I was grabbing Cook, and then I switched it over to just grabbing two second rounders. That's been gotcha. my new play with it. So, 
Yeah, and so and that's probably a leak in in my exposure right now is Dalvin Cook. I honestly thought Dalvin Cook was going to get suspended, and I still think it possibly could happen. Uh, yeah. But I've just been I've been lower in the field uh, just because of that that scenario. I'm much lower on him in Best Ball Mania by leaps and bounds lower. So my I probably won't draft him again in Best Ball Mania because of my exposure in in the uh, Puppy Three. Um, we got eight. I don't know if that's Al Paul. I think it's Al Paul. He says fading both Cup and Jefferson must be terrifying. Yeah, but I'm not. So I've explained this in a video before. I'm not full fading both of them, right? Where I'm grabbing Chase a lot because Chase is still getting drafted before them sometimes. So I'm still grabbing Jefferson or Cup after them. And I've also started mixing in taking Jefferson. I've only done it like twice. If I take Jefferson, it's at the 101 or the 102. And it's just to try to differentiate my – if I have Jefferson, it's to differentiate my Jefferson teams away from everybody else. So my ownership is still pretty low. I didn't see what it was in the Puppy 3. Um, so th- that's the stuff you got to take with the ownership percentage and the grain of salt. Like, obviously, I have some Najee Harris in other tournaments. I don't have 0% Najee, right? Yeah. Same with Joe um, – who else would I see at a zero? Somebody. Tyreek Hill. I clearly don't have Tyreek Hill zero across the board. I just haven't grabbed him in the, uh, yeah, the puppy three. Yeah. Right. So those are the things you got to be looking at here. Um, Carlos mm-hmm. says, do we really think Cup repeats last season? He's never come close to that. Well, nobody's really come close to that, right? Yeah, that was an all-time season. I, I, he's definitely not going to repeat it, but you know, is he going to have 80% of it? Possibly. Right. <laughs> like, and he'll still be the wide receiver one. <laughs> He still he still has a lot of outs to be the wide receiver one, and it is scary to have a low ownership on him. I just personally I like taking stands on players, and I feel like taking a stand on Chase is something I can do easily. And I just personally um, personally think that it's a solid play. So as we get to our exposures, um, we can see like Javante Williams here. If you look at 100%, it means that every time I've taken Stephon Diggs, which was a low clip here, I have Javante <laughs> Williams. Is anyone standing out to you here? Would you want to hit a running back? Are you looking I, at wide receivers I, still? I was hoping for Kamara, and he went. Um, so I like Evans. I like Hill. Uh, I'm not as into Andrews, but if you wanted him, feel free. Do you either of the – which receiver stands out to you? I like Evans more than Hill. All right, let's Just go Evans. Which I guess is kind of another point. So, like, you know, just think about. Yeah, you, you can't be uh, auto all the time. You'll get you'll get. Uh, yeah, I get yelled quality. at. Yeah, uh, you gotta turn it off in the right. Uh, with Tyreek Hill, I mean, every beat reporter, you get two sides, right? Everybody's like, "Oh, he can throw again. He's not throwing ducks." Yeah. <laughs> right. So, like, you know, this is this is truly overreaction season where every. It depends on who you're actually listening to, where you get your information from. Do your mm-hmm. research. Make sure you can actually trust the the news outlets that are that are putting things out there. Um, you know, if you if you listen, there's some people saying, "Yeah, Tua doesn't look that good," and then you get other people that are like, "Tua is looking amazing again." Like, and and you see every other play is him throwing a 70 yard bomb to Tyree Hill. Um, right. So you know. Just, just be weary. Make sure you're actually doing your research and, and, and going about that. That is a scary, scary thing. <laughs> so Scott Brown says he's fading CMC. I am not on that train with you, Scott. I actually do understand it. Like if you're, if you're scared of CMC's injury, I'm not opposed to full fading him. If that's your, if you're, if that's your thought process, right? Like if you want to take that stand, Godspeed. I personally am not. I'm CMC is my one-on-one. So I'm inadvertently taking a stand against Jonathan Taylor. My Taylor exposure is like really low. I'm grabbing them here and there. Uh, but I won't have more than 5% exposure to Jonathan Taylor. Whereas like CMC, I'm probably going to have 12 to 13%, I would say, on him. Yeah, I'd say, Scott, you you definitely have a, a heavier risk tolerance than I do, uh, especially <laughs> with how much money I'm throwing into these best ball tournaments. My fiance will probably kill me, but like, uh, you know, if I was full fading CMC and CMC doesn't get hurt, we've seen him put up absolutely massive numbers. Um, 
So AJ I'm Brown's sorry. the clear play for me here, but what are you thinking? Yeah, so AJ Brown's definitely my number one. Uh, I am starting to come around on Pittman though. Like I, I didn't like Pittman to start the year, um, mm-hmm. but I actually think he might just be a really, really good receiver. And it, it, it with Matt Ryan, it might actually help him out, and he might actually get into that upper echelon. I mean, I, I'm fine with Pittman. I just like too many guys around him. Like if we weren't taking Brown, for me, I would have wanted DJ more. Fair for the Evans correlation, um, for sure. That's just kind of the thing I would be looking at there. Right now we have Diggs, Evans, and Brown. So we're going to see my ownership with those three guys on the back end. Like obviously guys around them, you're going to see 0%. We don't really see anything pop up until Gabe Davis here. And this tool has just changed the way I've drafted, to be perfectly honest. I didn't even see that Josh Allen just kind of said. What was that? And Josh Allen. Josh Allen went in the third. I was kind of hoping we'd get Josh Allen in the fourth. Oh, yes. I've I've seen it happen. The Diggs Allen uh, connection in the fourth. Yeah, I've gotten it. I don't know if I've gotten Diggs Allen in the fourth, but I've definitely gotten Gabe. Oh, I've gotten gotten a Gabe Allen thing. I think for third fourth round. Um. Yeah, I mean my Diggs Diggs. I need to get up a bit more in certain tournaments i believe i've been doing a lot of kelsey like you said as well and just kind of watching my ownerships with that so mm-hmm. but what i was saying is just being able to see how often you have a player with another player is so such an edge yeah um i didn't read this whole thing so let's hope it's nothing terrible Josh asks, what are your gentlemen's thoughts on Mark Andrews breaking records this year? Oh, God, I hope not because I am like a full fade on Andrews. (laughs) Brown's targets will be spread around. He takes at least 30 of those targets to add to his total last year. Brown's targets. Yeah, so so Hollywood's Hollywood's target. Oh, I got you. I got you. So, I, I mean, there's definitely a chance just because Mark Andrews was on the field a lot more last year. Like we saw him run a lot more routes. Um, mm-hmm. So there's definitely the chance that he gets more targets and actually gets more receptions and yards. Um, we've seen that he has a connection with Lamar. Uh, but the only thing that I've, and I've brought this up in the past, like it really concerns me is Mark Andrews went off with Huntley. Like that was an entirely different offense. They were right. playing from behind. They weren't very good. Um, so for him, we really haven't seen him do it for consecutively long stretches with Lamar. Um, because Lamar does so much on the ground. Um, so I'm definitely, I would say, cautious, <laughs> cautiously pessimistic in terms of him breaking records. It's mm-hmm. definitely in his range of outcomes, but uh, wouldn't, wouldn't say that it's a, a good shot or you know, really within his ceiling outcome. Gotcha. We are going to be back on the clock here. And everybody's favorite player, Ezekiel Elliott, is at the top of the queue right now. Steal. Um, Look, when he was a fifth rounder, I was grabbing him in the beginning. Okay, we are on the clock. We can talk about it in a minute. I like Brees here. You like Brees all? I like Brees. I like you never have to get me in on Judy. Uh, Judy's someone that's price should be inflated uh, with the Tim Patrick news because uh, he's pretty much solidified, solidified in two wide receiver sets. Um, let's go. Let's go Judy here. Okay. Um, never. That, don't, you don't have to twist my arm. <laughs> I'd like to set some stuff up on this yeah. if possible yeah. so let's go with the judy play so we'll start four wideouts with Diggs, evans brown judy have some ideas for the fifth round of what i'd like to do um i see you have 100 percent cam acres with steph Diggs. yeah but remember my Diggs ownership oh, was yeah, really like four, low like four percent so like one right. right yeah so it might be a it might be a one-off thing um it might you know it yep. might be my only other digs team in this particular tournament. Yep. So that's why these numbers I said are going to be a little wacky, especially when I'm so concentrated in drafting in those same spots of this one. I just, you know, it's just the run bad. I'm hoping it inverts for the rest of my baseball mania teams. What is your, what is your approach to the rest of drafting this year? Are you maxing things out or are you trying to spread your action around a bit? Yeah, so my initial thought was to max BBM3. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, um, some things have changed in my life. 
Um, so right. <laughs> some right. some of my finances uh, are, are going someplace else's. Uh, I think I'm going to top out probably at about 100 BBMs. I might max the $5 DK, um, and then mm-hmm. I'm doing two, two main event drafts. So uh, all in all, I'll probably have like $3,500 in best, best ball teams spread throughout. Nice. Like, I, did, I did a lot really early in the big board, the big board Superflex. Right. Um, and then other sports as well. Like I did some, I did a decent amount in baseball. Um, but yeah, a, as the year's gone on and with, you know, so many options, like I've definitely tried to kind of dip my toes in as many contests as possible rather than just putting all my funds into one. Uh, mm-hmm. I will say I haven't touched the puppies just because they are so chaotic. Mahomes, interesting. Yeah, buddy, we're going Mahomes here. Um, my my ownership's a little too low at 39%. So I was setting up the Judy Mahomes correlation there. With, with Sky, Sky or MVS. Plan. Yep, yep, or both. Preferably with Sky or MVS. Um, just to point it out, when you see a player's name highlighted in green or the team he's playing a week 16 or 17 highlighted in green, there's a correlation there. If you see it in yellow, it's because it correlates with the quarterback. Uh, the one thing I have Hacker doing, the one suggestion I made is I want him to add this color purple into the options so that I can make my players correlate purple with my quarterback. Cool. It's the only thing yeah. I asked for. I just asked for a color, you know, nothing yeah. too crazy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and I wanted the spike week blue because they're blue on the a regular blue on this background. I don't know if you watched my stream with Veronica, but it uh, was tough to see. So we switched to the orange to make it a little easier on the eyes. Yep. I think uh, that makes sense. Who are, right, let's talk about this real quick. Cause I think this is a big juxtaposition from last year. I like to use big words occasionally. Do you, obviously you remember last year, the rage was the rookie quarterback five, right? The five rookie quarterbacks, everyone was going nuts about. They were, they were sliding up draft boards like crazy. We're talking about camp risers and fallers. The one thing you are not hearing out of any camp is anything about any rookie quarterback at all, really. Like that news is limited. I haven't really heard much on Malik Willis. Matt Corral, I've heard here and there a little bit. But other than that, you're not, you're getting no news on any of these rookies. Yeah. I mean, it will, so in years past or last year, we had what five first round rookie quarterbacks right so right obviously there's going to be more media toward those teams um we've heard we've heard bits and pieces about Pickett, um and it's more just that he is not ready um he's he just does not look even remotely close to ready or good right. for that matter which is hilarious because going into draft season they were like Kenny Pickett is the most NFL ready uh, <laughs> but you know it, every other quarterback was pretty raw um you know, Corral's definitely in that battle, but since they got Baker, like more of the media attention is surrounding Baker because they made that big trade. Yeah, they they, they got Baker. Their rumblings are they're already looking to deal Darnold, which makes a ton of sense on paper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure you'll see that happen, especially if there's some sort of injury or something. Um, or not. They might just they might just deal with someone that needs a backup, to be honest. Uh, we will be Coming back up on the clock, the picket thing that's interesting is we've heard how bad Trubisky's been in camp, and you're still not hearing about Pickett. So we are on the clock. I'm not looking at any of these running backs personally. Only one would be J.K. Dobbins um, that I would consider. We could go Dobbins. I would. Um, who's available at wide receiver? I don't like Amari Cooper. I could Amari. be. See, this is the hard part. I I could be in on Tony. It's early, but mm, I think like I'd rather. So this is some weird ADP game I play sometimes. Is if I'm no, I want to take a certain wide receiver later. Yeah. I'll take the running back or the other position just yeah, to absolutely. give people more options on the board. And so we'll take J.K. Dobbins. I mean, he's getting. He's speaking of getting hyped at camp. You know, there's reports today that he's going to be ready for week one. So we just got him six picks past ADP. I don't think you're going to be able to do that too often coming coming around the next few days. 
Yeah, uh, and going. So I wanted to bring up camp news: Montgomery playing literally every position, including special teams. Kind of hilarious, which yeah. I don't think is a good thing, right? Like you wouldn't, you don't want your star running back being like, "Hey, I want to be in and playing. Like, put me in on kick return and whatnot." Right. Like he's he's going into his last year of his contract. Like he shouldn't be trying to find extra ways to get on the field. Um, but in, in regards to J.K. Dobbins, like it was, it's actually funny. I was talking to like the, the people that I like my group chat and whatnot, and I was mm-hmm. like, if I don't play J.K. Dobbins week one in, in DraftKings DFS, like punch me in the face because this Schefter, like he wants to prove Schefter wrong. Like that narrative is hilarious to me. Um, and there's a chance that if he is healthy week one with no Gus Edwards, like he could get 80, 85% of the rushing work, which in that offense is going to freaking blast off. And they play the Jets. And then Tyler Beatty just comes out and gets, you know, 30% of the work with two of the touchdowns and just ruins your entire day. Oh, absolutely. And I'll be yeah. tilting about it. But yeah, exactly. That's how <laughs> process over results, Rob. Process <laughs> over results. That's what I tell myself every time I play DFS or poker. It's the process is the way to go. The process is the way to go. <laughs> uh, we we are going to be talking, me and Bime 4 will be on tomorrow night. And part of our discussion is going to be on the process. And um, I'll pick this up in a second. We are going to be on the clock. So I'm not grabbing Jacobs or Gibson here. I mean, I Tony. Actually, I wanted to touch on Jacobs after uh, you talk about process as a riser and faller, like how you're dealing with the Raiders backfield. I'm grabbing Zamir White still until he gets a little too high. Okay. And it's basically the way I'm covering that backfield. Um, after we pick, we can talk about yours if you'd like. So you, I'm all in on Tony here. I could even be in on Traylon Burks. Yeah, but didn't you read that he's running with the third team? Speaking of risers and fallers. <laughs> he I, also works on one-on-ones with Tannehill and is by far their best receiver. So <laughs> I'll grab Tony for you here. But if we get boned on the uh, before our next pick, this is all your fault. Just so That's you okay. know. It's okay. So, so how are you handling the Raiders' backfield? So, obviously, not a good sign that Josh Jacobs is playing in a Hall of Fame game. Um, I right. didn't. Zamir White, like, also he played in. You know, he is that bruiser, but like, really didn't look efficient or very well in his touches. Uh, it actually made me feel the most comfortable for Kenyon Drake, who didn't play. Like, it shows that they actually think he ha- might have a role. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> because, you know, they held out Brandon Bolden. So if, if Josh McDaniels is holding out Brandon Bolden and holds out Kenyon Drake, like he's probably has a, a future in line for, for Kenyon Drake. Uh, I don't take as much stock in the Hall of Fame game thing for Josh Jacobs. I think it's going to be a committee, but that doesn't scare me because I look at it as the new head coach doing his head coach shit that he you know, learned from Bill Belichick and he wants to show that they all have to work for their position, yada, yada, yada. And he wants to see all of his guys play. So specifically at that position. So that's what I think that was. I don't, I don't put as much stock into that as others. I mean, it means nothing to me. I have 1% Josh Jacobs and I have 91 teams. So I have literally one share of Jacobs. Mm. So (laughs) It just it, it kind of it, it's reinforcing my my priors where I should not be drafting Josh Jacobs in the RB dead zone. All right, we're going to be coming up on the clock here, and there is only one pick here for us. If he's on the board still, and that's all I can say. It's obviously Hunter Renfro. It's TJ take, Hawkinson. Yeah, take TJ Hawkinson, Jake. That's who you want. So it's MVS. This is easy. Um, What we're going to be able to talk about in a minute is another position on the field. Uh, Just to go back and wrap up my point on tomorrow night, we, by and for myself, we'll be talking about process stuff. I kind of had an epiphany over the weekend and I brought it up in the Discord chat a little bit. It was probably on Friday, I believe, but. We are getting into such advanced strategy talk as we should be because it's August and we've been doing this for five or six months. I think some people, including myself, were 
losing some fundamentals, right? Like just some fundamental ideas behind how you should be drafting your team and going too far into the process. And I'll bring this analogy up again tomorrow, but the way I look at it as it's like when poker players go GTO, which is game theory optimal, they'd be like, well, I know this guy could only have 10, eight in this spot because he did this, 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 and this. But what he forgets is he's playing a guy that's playing his fourth tournament on the uh, uh, ever. And he doesn't know what he's doing. And guess what? He doesn't have 10, eight. He has six, three of diamonds because his daughter was born on March 6th and it's his daughter's birthday and she likes diamonds, right? Like we got to remember that sometimes we just have to go to the simplest form. Some of our opponents aren't thinking about this the way we're thinking about this, right? So we need to, we need to just be cognizant of that fact. doesn't mean we can't get advanced, but we need to remember some of the basics. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I found myself doing that too. Like I, I've done some some weird structures just to be like, yeah, I'm trying to get a little bit unique and try and do different things. And because we we have these tournaments that are huge, right? Yeah. But at the same time, like we're probably losing expected value because we're trying to get unique and different. Right. And I still and I still think you should get unique. And I and we talked earlier about how I'm taking two second round picks in the back end of the puppy drafts right now. I'll do that in BBM a little bit. Um, I was talking today in discord, excuse me about how I'm reaching for some of the fifth round guys in the fourth round, because I like the fifth round guys a little bit better. So it's, it's a small tweak. It's nothing major. I'm not going nuts doing stuff, but I hearken back to last year when, the fourth round wide receivers, I was looking at them and I'm like, I love these wide receivers. I'm only getting one every draft. Why am I not drafting one of them in the third round? Yep. So for me, this is a clear running back spot in the draft a lot of the time. I love Damian Harris, where he's going in the ninth round. I'm in on Singletary. I also uh, like Ken Walker. I'm, I'm open to any yeah. of those three. Um, I, I would prefer Walker or Harris over Singletary, though. So let's take pick. Harris and let's see what comes back to us because okay. oh shit. How oh, we got Harris anyways. Yeah. I wasn't paying attention to the uh, clock, but we got him. Yeah, so Ken Walker, he obviously correlates with Casey. Um late in yep. season 16 doesn't really matter that much. Um, but he's more of that breakout candidate. Like I think they they drafted him for a reason. I think he was really good coming out of Michigan. Um, and even though I like Penny, um Ken Walker's fallen to a place that like he has his ceiling can only go up, right? Like you're kind of drafting him at his floor because he's going to get worked in. Like Penny's not going to be a three down back. We know mm-hmm. that there, there right. pretty much hasn't been a full three down back ever. And I know they can't, they say he can't get, catch passes, but how often, you know, how often is that team really going to be in third and long situations? You know, hopefully they're in third and short because they're running the football on first and second down. Right. Um, just to point out some stuff on the overlay again, if you look at my my exposure to Rashad White, I'm 26% of the time, right? 44% with Mahomes, 0% with Diggs at the moment. I mean, we saw that my Diggs exposure is low, but these are little things where it's like, okay, if I was too scared to take White, I could be like, well, I don't have him with Diggs. So it is a unique, a unique combo for me in the puppy. I'm sure I have that combo in Best Ball Mania, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, these are just the little things on these that I'm looking at when we're yeah. Uh, drafting. Yeah, and just... I, so going going back to differentiating, uh, mm-hmm. what I was talking to is I, I'm getting different in terms of structure, which I think is probably a flawed process. Um, you know, I've, I've been taking more three QB builds or you know four tight end. You know, I'm taking three tight ends and three QBs, where things I know that probably aren't really optimal in terms of how I'm drafting. I'm not drafting truly like I'm right. Um, and I found like, I've just been trying to get different throughout the off season. And that's pro- like probably a flawed concept. Whereas I agree with you, you should be trying to get different and unique in terms of building teams, but staying within draft structure. Right. Um, I, I don't hate you doing that if you're doing it very at a very small clip. Cause I'm doing the same. Yes. I, I had a team today that I had Mahomes. I can't remember who my second quarterback was. But Tua fell two rounds past ADP. Yep. And I was like, I'm not doing this too often. 
I'm getting crazy value on Tua. Let's uh, take our pick and we can keep talking about this. Do you want to get Walker? Because he did fall back to us. Either either Walker or Patterson. Um, uh, that's an easy pick I, for me. I, I prefer <laughs> Walker to Patterson. Yeah, I'm not drafting Patterson on any team, so that makes that pick easy. <laughs> um, but I think if you're doing that idea of taking three quarterbacks, even with an elite quarterback occasionally – is fine because you're differentiating yourself again. We're so advanced. We're talking about like a lot of advanced players who like once they take an elite quarterback, they are automatically not taking a third. Yep. And sometimes your best value in the 17th or 18th round might be a third quarterback. Yeah. You might have DJ Moore on your team, right? You might have taken Josh Allen, and then you took let's say Trevor Lawrence, but you have DJ Moore and. Baker Mayfield's been sitting at staring at you in the 18th round. Why is that absolutely atrocious? I don't think it is, to be like, perfectly honest. Kind of going off that. So I actually have and I have it on the side screen if you want to show it for a second. Um, I have a and this is the Spike Week draft IQ. Great, mm-hmm. great field change. New new feature. We can see each individual lineup. So I searched my Mahome teams. I know I have an elite QB, elite tight end, three, four, ten, one build. I got Daniel Jones in the 18th round solely because he fell to the 18th round. He's never right. available, like very, very rarely is he available in the 18th round. And I was like, who am I going to draft uh, Johnny Smith or the potential breakout QB candidate, right? Like has rushing upside. He could potentially add on to Fields and Mahomes. Mm-hmm. So those are the things that I'm trying to do um, just to get a little bit weird. Yeah, I, and I don't hate it. Like, I should you be doing it every draft? No, I would say not. no. I would say absolutely not. But those are, especially if you're getting on past ADP, it's going to be a really unique build at that point. I'm I'm for it. I've done the four tight end thing here, like maybe once or twice, maybe a few more times than that. Not sure off the top of my head, but I'm doing, I'm doing some weird stuff here and there. I've talked about grabbing some of the guys that aren't first overall in the first spot, Justin Jefferson. It's a small thing. But it can be massively different when 95% of the Jefferson picks are going to be from the three or four spot, right? So you're just getting a little bit of a different texture by draft. Now, when you do that stuff, specifically grabbing one of those early guys first overall, you got to make sure that you build your team within that aspect of like, you can't grab the guys that are normally available with him in the three spot. You got to grab some of the earlier guys to just get a unique, a unique build around that. So yep. you got to be thinking of that stuff as well. Absolutely. Um, we are coming back up on the clock right now. We have a one, three, six, zero build, which I am fine with. Is there anyone jumping out to you that you'd like on this team? Uh, value hound Cordero Patterson. Oh my God, dude. I hate it so much. <laughs> yeah, but he's 14 picks past ADP. Like, yeah, he could be 30, and I just don't care. <laughs> I mean, I'll do it because you're on the stream, but I would never. I still. So, this is like another thing for me. If I have like a strong, strong conviction on a player, yeah, I don't care how much he drops. Yeah, you know, you know, like, fair. I have very, very little Keenan Allen because I don't think he's going to be good this year. Yeah, I mean, that's not even like a reason I don't have him. He is a blind spot player for me. And the aspect that I'm just grabbing all the guys around him and I don't have a ton of Keenan Allen. I don't hate him, hate him. Um, CD was was that guy for me for a while where I just literally liked everybody around CD Lamb. We actually went through it on stream, me and Bimefor. And I was like, holy shit, I have no CD Lamb. And it was like a shock to me how, how little of him I had. Like he was just a blind spot player for me. So I've tried to correct that a little bit. Yep. But that's part of my back end first round stuff too, is I'm grabbing CD Debo, CD Javante Williams. Because like yep. at this point, if I'm grabbing CD, I just want my CD teams to be different. Yep. No, and I think that's a great point. Um, you know, at differentiating towards the end of drafts is is definitely, I think, one of the things the industry is not doing enough. You know, mm-hmm. Who's to say that? the person with an ADP of 10, like Devontae Adams, for example, is going to be better than Javante Williams and Debo Samuel who go in the middle of the second round. Like, you know, you're, right. you're, pick, you're picking hairs, but the industry is so dead set 
on the fact that you have to take Devontae Adams here. Like, change it up. <laughs> get right. a unique team, get something that isn't going to be paired very often, and then increase your first place equity. Because if those two second-round picks smash, you know, you don't have as many teams to overcome. All right, let's go over our lineup real quick. We have a one four six zero build at the moment. We have Patrick Mahomes at QB. We have J.K. Dobbins, Damian Harris, Ken Walker, and Cordero Patterson. Ugh, vomit emoji. Next to Cordero Patterson. Um, at wide receiver, we have Diggs, Evans, A.J. Brown, Jerry Judy, Kadarius Tony, MVS, and that is our team currently as we come back up on the clock. How far are you pushing your second quarterback usually when you take an elite like Patrick Mahomes? I usually try to wait for a value or find somebody that stacks. Um, I've kind of done the I've done the two elite QB builds. Um, I had an auto draft team the other day that was uh, I, I was planning on doing Mahomes and Lance, uh, mm-hmm. and then I got auto drafted Dak too, so that that team's dead. Um, but you know, I I, I I try to push it um, if I think I have a a stack that matches. Real only- quick, we are on the clock. Uh, sh- this is not pretty. Uh, Fryermuth for the week 17, I guess. Yeah, let's do that. That makes sense. Um, for Dobbins. Um, yep. Yeah, so it really just depends. Um, I don't have like a specific strategy I'm specifically doing with Mahomes, but I try to get people at values or if they match a stack, like I'm going to go after them. Yeah. I mean, I have so much. So like the Mahomes one for me isn't fair because I have so much Mahomes that I'm doing so many different things with him yeah but i like like let's take him out of the mix and if it's like lamar kyler or whatever i have been flirting with um some double elite qb builds Mm -hmm. not too super frequently but i want him here and there and the other thing i like like if i don't have lawrence usually uh I'm not comfortable at this as my second quarterback. And that's another time I'll be grabbing a third. Lawrence is a cut. I know like people are taking their elite status for like their cutoff for three QB builds. Sometimes I'm taking my second tier as my cutoff for three QB builds. So for Lawrence, if I have Lawrence, I'm usually fine with having two if I have him with an elite. But if I drop below Lawrence and I start hitting that Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Daniel Jones, whatever you want to say, like, cause that ADP is flipping all the time. Yeah. Then not always, but sometimes that's when I'm starting to go, okay, maybe I should grab a third QB here, depending okay. on the rest of my build too. So uh, I'm actually probably the opposite. If I have a Mahomes, like I usually pre, pre, yeah, feel pretty comfortable grabbing either Dan, Daniel Jones, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, mm-hmm. uh, and just keeping it at two. Uh, because the draft uh, capital that you spent on Mahomes is so high. Not saying I definitely don't mix in some three QB teams, uh, but you know, usually I'm trying to draft that this second, you know, usually second year quarterback is taking that leap and is actually going to be, you know, probably top fifteen or so uh, this year. Right. Um, we are going to be coming back up on the clock in a second here. As I was scrolling, I saw a name that was interesting that we might want to think about to make this team a little bit different from anything I've built. Come on, RR, you want to take Ronald Jones. You know you do. He wants me, he minds. How do you think he's going to take Hines? Takes Hunter Henry. I was one of the guys I was eyeballing. I like speaking of risers and fallers. George Pickens is getting a lot of hype out of camp. He is. And this is the guy I was looking at where we have Dobbins. We already have one piece of that Pittsburgh passing game. Maybe Pickens is another guy to add as our seventh receiver. Sure. Here. That makes sense. Yeah. That and makes sense. this could be one of those teams that we set up a third quarterback with Trubisky if we wanted to in like the 17th or 18th round as yeah, well, I mean, depending we can, we on what we do. Grab- you can even grab, I think, Pickett goes in the 18th as well if we think, right. you know, we'll start. If you, I just wish, so, like, that is the one thing I'd like to hear more on is the QBs. I think you can definitely get a better idea what teams are doing. You go back to last year, you almost knew immediately that Mac Jones was going to beat out um, Cam. Cam Newton. Yep. Like, it just, it started immediately. It's 
Cam Newton looks bad. He can't throw the football. He's missing everything. Mac Jones is dropping balls right in the trash cans like he's supposed to. Like that that hype train started right away. And it wasn't even like a loud hype train, right? It was Mac Jones in New England. Yeah. But you heard it is yeah. the point. So I just wish I heard a little more on Pickett coming out of out of Pittsburgh. What you've heard is Mason Mason Rudolph was going to win the job, which is real strange. I and if that were to happen, I'd feel much better about grabbing Pickett because there's no way in hell the Steelers start Mason Rudolph for 17 games. Yeah, like it just doesn't happen. Yeah, and I think so. How it's kind of thinking about the team uh, overview like in general, right? So how good of a team do we actually think Pittsburgh is, right? Do we think they're an eight and nine team? Do we think they're a 10 and seven team? Do we think they're, you know, 12 and five? Definitely not. Um, you know, could they be in that mid mid tier to, you know, could they even be bad if they start Mason Rudolph and Trubisky for a couple of games, right? If they get out to a slow start, like you kind of have to start your first round pick, right? Yeah. So at some point the fan base is going to turn over and be like, we're starting Kenny Pickett or we're riding. And if not, then Trubisky was just really freaking good. <laughs> right. He learned um, something in Buffalo. We are coming up on the clock here. Right now we have we are on the clock. So for me, it would be nice. Daniel Jones or Tanyan or Higby. Are you on Daniel Jones here? I would we have Tony. Him. Yeah. I'd be so let Let's grab Jones. I'm not completely opposed to it, even though he can't throw the ball five yards. That's fine. That video that's coming out about him throwing the football, <laughs> the out route yeah. that's like yeah. seven yards too shallow is like hilarious. But yeah, it's, it's his year. It's his year. It's his year. I think this team is setting the team that we have right now Mahomes, Jones, J.K. Dobbins, Damian Harris, Ken Walker, Cordero Patterson. Diggs, Evans, AJ Brown, Jerry Judy, Kadarius Tony, MVS, Pickens, Fryermuth sets up for one of the teams. We've built this team in a way that if we get another decent tight end, we could go. We could almost do three at the at the pole positions if we really, really wanted to. I think the team's strong enough to consider it. Now, I'm also fine with Mahomes and Jones as the two quarterbacks, but yeah, it, it, it kind of makes it hard to go three at the polls or at the singles, just because if we grab three and three, we're kind of stuck in a, either grabbing either one more running back or staying at seven wide receivers, which is fine. But um, I think, so, I think this team definitely needs another running back. I'm no, it sure. needs another, it needs another running back. Probably most likely it does need another running back. When my seven wide receivers are this strong, it's not that I never take an eighth wide receiver, but I look at it like, why do I need to sometimes yeah, based on sense. other positions? Like we have Pickens, breakout Pickens, yeah. we spent, we spent so much capital in the wide receiver position early that like adding Donovan people's Jones, it's like, okay. Like when do I plan on him starting? Yeah. I think it's Tanyan here for our second tight end. But if there's something that's standing out to you. Uh, can you take a look at tight end? Sure. Yeah, it's probably Tanyan. Take, yeah. take I, a look at running back. Just quickly. Yeah, we could have. I mean, Tarion Davis Price is there. I like uh, he goes right afterwards, obviously, but. I do like Terry and Davis Price, but I think Tanyan's like a more of a lock than someone like Davis Price. I, I think Tanyan's getting overlooked too much right now, to be honest. So I, I disagree only because it's been radio silence out of camp. Um, he's coming off the ACL. Yeah. So, you know, we really need to know if he's actually healthy. Like I, I, I don't know if he's on the PUP or not. I, I honestly think he is because I haven't, I've literally heard nothing. Right. So, I figured he's probably on the PUP not practicing. Uh, mm -hmm. He is someone that Rodgers would trust, which is, you know, probably a good thing. But if he's not playing, then, you know, we don't know what the hell's going to happen there. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think you'd hear more if it was worse, though. Like, that's just kind of the way I'm going with it. I, I think he's going to be fine. I, it's something maybe I should look into tomorrow, though, because I am not going to be looking into it tonight. That is, <laughs> that is for sure. Um, oh, so we six, we six hours ago on number fire, Robert Tunyon could start to, could begin season on PUP. All right, which whatever. would be huge the first four games. Which is fine. I mean, like I don't. It, it's fine. Um, so right now we have a two, four, seven, two build. Clearly we need another RB. There's a lot of RBs I like in this back end. That's the other thing too, is like, there's a certain point at wide receiver that I am just almost done with the spot yep. and I could take run, running backs into the 19th, 20th round <laughs> and be happy with some of those dart throws to be perfectly honest. So, uh, I just, I mean, they're starting to creep up though. Everyone knows that I'm in on Dearness Johnson, right? So he's starting to creep into the 17th round some of the time, yeah. whatever. But you still have Chris Evans back there. Pacheco's going back there. There's I've so been starting many. To mix in Pierre, uh, what's his name? Pierre Strong from the uh, from the the Patriots, just in case like mm-hmm. Damian Harris does get traded or cut because <laughs> Bills Bill. Right. I just I have such a position on Harris and Ramondre right now that I'm just it's not even a thought in my head to be perfectly clear, which could be Fair. a leak. Um so what we could do Oh, I wanted Hearst. That's where I was going. With that. <laughs> I wanted Hearst bad. Um that's fine. I have an idea for tight end. We can hold off on that. Let's Anyone standing out to you here? Uh, we need another running back. Uh, Samir White. I like Raheem Mostert as well. He correlates with both Green Bay and New England. Um, we could grab McKinnon as another pass catcher for Mahomes in case he wins that third down roll. Let's go with Mostert. I, I like him for this particular team, to be honest. Um, I just think it makes sense. I think he makes it so that we only have to take five if we wanted to. Uh, I think our 17th round is going to be our luxury pick. Okay. I, I do have an idea for the 18th round, which I uh, shoot over to you. Um, so I think that our 17th round pick is going to be our luxury pick where we could take, I, I'm fine with our five and seven. I'm usually not. I usually would want another running back here. Theoretically. And maybe that's still where we go, but I'm fine capping our wideouts with Diggs, Evans, AJ Brown, Jerry Judy, Kadarius Tony, MVS, and Pickens. So, I have a name that I was going to throw out. Um, I'll, I'll wait till we're closer to on the clock. Uh, mm-hmm. That w- it would be primarily a luxury pick, and I know you're probably not going to want to do it. How uh, much some AJP run? Uh, I think I have one share. Uh, I, I, I might sure. I might be around two or one percent. I was drafting him early, early, early. So across all teams, including some of the February March stuff, probably two two percent, I would say. That's just uh, a complete guess. I, I gotta look on Spike Week. No, I gotta look on Draft IQ. Yeah, I could look on Draft IQ if I wanted to. Let's see. Ah, what a lie. What a liar I am. Exposure, 0%. <laughs> so, I have 1%, which means I have probably two teams because uh, I have 217 best ball teams on track or on underdog. This I don't agree with. I don't imagine Chase Edmonds ever being a full three down back. Um, uh, I was going to suggest possibly Will Fuller here. I don't know if he's still available. I do not see Will Fuller. Okay, never mind them. Uh, um, we could grab we McKinnon or Pacheco. Or Pacheco, whichever you prefer. Grab Pacheco. Yeah, let's grab Pacheco. We were talking about him. Pacheco, Pacheco. It's Pacheco in Massachusetts, just so everyone knows. Um, but yeah, just to, just to go to this point, thanks for joining us, Breathing. Uh, but I just I can never imagine Chase Edmonds being a three down back ever. 
and I don't think he will in Miami system, which is going to be the 49ers system, right? So, yeah. So I was actually talking to Gretch and Kareen about this today, mm-hmm. um, and I brought up the fact that I kind of wanted to draft Mostert solely because he's already succeeded in the scheme, um, and you know his former offensive coordinator, Mike McDaniel, is now his head coach. So. Right. You know, if he goes to somebody he trusts, he's probably going to have a role. The man's fast as hell as long as he's fully repaired from an ACL, which it seems like reports are saying he is. Um, you know, th- there's a very easy possibility that he finds his way onto the field, right? He yeah. can catch passes. He can run like a mofo. He can return kicks, which is another way you can score fantasy points. Um, and, yeah, Chase Edmonds can't handle a three-down <laughs> workload. <laughs> like, he'll never be able to do that. So. Yeah. Uh, you know, the only concern would be they did sign Sony Michelle, uh, but I haven't heard a word about Sony in, in training camp. Yeah, I, I mean, I just I think everything you said hits the nail on the head for what that team is possibly going to do with that position. I think you're going to see Mostert, and the thing that would scare me the most is that you see him early in the season and then he fades off mm-hmm. for some reason, but. I think they're going to rely on Mostert to get that. Not not in like a crazy role, but if Edmonds goes down, I wouldn't be shocked if it's Mostert's backfield. Like 60-70% of the work. Yeah, fair. I, 60 60% of the work could easily uh could easily be that. Um, right. I don't I don't like again, I don't think there's going to ever be a full three down back in Miami unless like they are just absolutely mangled, right? So well just think uh, about think about McDaniel and like what he wants. He wants to create mismatches on in the offense, whether that's at the running back position with Debo last year or you know, just getting playmakers on the outside. Like they they love speed, clearly. They they have Waddle, they now have Tyreek Hill. Uh Gesicki's probably one of the faster tight ends in the league. You add in Mostert, like they're just gonna be running circles around everybody. Right. Uh, so I think we have two options here. Bellinger probably makes a lot more sense. Well, they actually both make sense theoretically. Johnny Smith was a good pick there. Johnny Smith is a really good pick there. Yeah. So, Bellinger I mean, Bellinger. I am taking some Noah Gray though. I when you have for fifty percent homes, I'm not surprised. <laughs> right, but. I mean, we know that he likes to go to his tight end, which is Kelsey. Kelsey's 107 years old. He might turn to dust in the middle of a game. Um, it's it's a low percentage. It's a yeah. real, real low percentage. But I have right now, just based on my spike week. Why is it not popping up? I must not have drafted him in BBM. He's got to be in some of my other tournaments. But I have been drafting Noah Gray. Maybe he's not in our player pool, which would be weird. I wouldn't be surprised. I can't imagine there's a, a lot of Noah Gray being drafted uh, in, in any of these tournaments. How dare you? <laughs> All right, let's let's uh, let's hit on our team real quick. We got Mahomes, Daniel Jones, J.K. Dobbins, Damian Harris, Ken Walker, Cordero Patterson, Mostert, Isaiah Pacheco, Diggs, Evans, A.J. Brown, Jerry Judy, Kadarius Tony, MVS, George Pickens, Frymouth, Tanyan, and Daniel Bellinger. So I think that's a pretty solid team. We got some great correlation there. Um, we correlated the Pittsburgh game, which I don't have a lot of. So I like doing that to be a little different for me. Yeah. Uh, if both are healthy, it's Edmund's role. Yeah, it's his, it's his role in terms of he's going to get 60 to 70% of the work. Right. Like that's going to be Edmund's role. Yep. The point of Mostert is he's still going to get some of the carries. And then if something were to happen to Edmonds, the next guy up is probably Mostert. But until then, you're getting some value from Mostert. Um, regardless. He has the ability to break away a 75 yard touchdown. If he right. gets first down work, he can, he has breakaway speed. Plus, he can catch passes. So, if they use him anywhere, like you're not getting zeros every week because he's not going to be on the field. Yeah. The the NFL is not the same anymore with backfields. There's just no 
very, very few true workhorses. So you can still get value. And we're getting him in the 16th, 17th round, and he's getting even 20% to 25% of the carries. He's going to get us some points where we need him to a few games during the year. We don't need him to score for us every week. We have Dobbins. We have Damian Harris amongst two other guys we drafted ahead of him. We're just looking for him to fill in the gaps here and there, right? That's what we're looking yeah. for by grabbing him in that spot. And if he actually absolutely rocket ships, then we have him as well. So there's there's two reasons to draft him in that spot. We're not arguing that Edmonds isn't the, the number one guy in Miami. We're just saying that being the number one guy in Miami doesn't mean that you're getting 100% of the snaps. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason that Edmonds is going 90 and most are going in the 180s, right? Right. <laughs> And I love Edmonds where he's going, by the way. Same. That's that's like when I go zero RB or like hero RB, my first or second running back, as you saw, is in that range. It's Edmonds, it's Singletary, it's Damian Harris, it's yeah. Ramondre. Like that, that, I love that range for running backs. Like I am grabbing a running back at that point in the draft, like almost every single time, to yeah. be perfectly honest. I love that range. So I have a ton of Edmonds. It's I, I think he is the lead man there. Um, I'm going to stop grabbing Ramondre as much just because I already have a good 20% Ramondre. Mm-hmm. So I'm switching over to Harris right now while he's, while he's dipping, but it doesn't mean I won't grab Ramondre here and there. Yeah. I mean, so I've been grabbing a ton of Ramondre just because, you know, it's an ambiguous backfield. Um, what mm-hmm. I learned, one of the main takeaways from last year was an ambiguous backfield. Usually you lean, you know, you, you want, you want enough of both, but lean towards, you know, the cheaper option. Uh, so that that's kind of how I've been playing it. Whoever's cheaper, I'm willing to let I'm willing to let my draft room make that decision for me. Right. All right, guys. I think that is going to do it for us here at the Draft Club Show. Silas, thank you so much for joining me. Of course. And tomorrow night we will be back. It'll be myself, Eric Bimefor. We'll be doing another draft, most likely. I'm not 100% sure we're going to draft. We might sometimes me and him just get knee deep into the nuances of um, strategy. So can't promise a draft, but chances are you'll probably see one. Until then, we will see you next time.